Welcome to the QAV podcast. If you're brand new, I just want to introduce the podcast a little bit so you know what you're getting yourself into. If you've listened to the show before, feel free to just fast forward a minute or two. If you're brand new, here's the deal. Uh, my name's Cameron Riley. Tony Kynaston is an old friend of mine. He's a very successful share market investor. I'm talking very, very, very successful. He's been doing it 30 years. He's one of the best in the country in terms of a private investor. Very good uh, track record over 30 years. And what this podcast is about is Tony basically teaches me everything that he knows about investing in the stock market. And you get to listen. But if you're coming into this for the first time, you'll find that this episode, the current episodes, assume a certain level of prior knowledge. We assume that you know what we're talking about, his system, his methodology, which we explain in earlier episodes. So feel free to listen if you want to get the vibe for what's going on, but some of it's not going to make much sense unless you understand what the checklist is, etc. I recommend if you're brand new, you go back and listen to uh, Season 3, Episode 1, Episode 3 and Episode 5, where we go into Tony's background and his system and his methodology in a lot more detail. And then feel free to listen to the contemporary episodes, the current episodes. You'll understand more of the context of what we're talking about. With that, let's get into today's show. Back to QAV, Tony Kynaston. This is uh, episode something something. I don't have my show notes. For, oh, 425. <laughs> We're recording this uh, on the 21st of June, 2021. I'd like to extend our official congratulations to Mr. Bonk Ban, the Bonk Ban man. Uh, Barnaby uh, Joyce is back in <laughs> control of the National Party, the Bonk Ban man. <laughs> Isn't that his name? Mm. Malcolm Turnbull brought in the bonk ban after he got rid of, after Barnaby had to fall on his sword a few years ago. He did, yes, that's right. I haven't and even followed that today. I've been too busy looking at the market. <laughs> well, and the market's in free fall today. Sydney ciders need to wear a mask when they go yeah. indoors at different places. It's all going mm. on today in Australia. Got my mask out for the first time in what? Six months or twelve months, as I was out today. Yeah, it's uh, it's just winter from now on, I guess, isn't it? Flu season, COVID. Yeah, yeah. Well, who knows? Let's see what happens uh, with things once vaccinations, once we get the country vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So Wall Street plunged late last week after a Federal Reserve mm-hmm. official made comments about sooner-than-expected rate hikes. As of lunchtime today, the All Ordinaries was down by 145 points or 1.9%. Afterpay, however, went up. Go figure. Uh, mm-hmm. ATL is down 15% or was the last time I looked. Oh, uh, really? rule, rule number one, Tony? I haven't looked at it quite, quite possibly. It must be below its sell price, though, is it? I don't think I'd so. Have to have Not a when look. I have not when I looked, but uh, uh, yeah, it may have changed since then. I'll have to have a look. You, Sorry, I'm... let me have a look. You did, you did do a journal entry though today, which made me sell uh, VUK from our dummy portfolio. I also sold it from my own portfolio, uh, and I'll be selling it from mine too. Taylor had to sell it from his portfolio that he started two weeks ago. <laughs> I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. It'll all come out in the wash. Yeah. It's all Welcome good. to the world of investing. With um, 
ATL, I've got uh, this Apollo Tourism uh, for yep. new folks, which <laughs> we recently <laughs> added under great controversy. Uh. <laughs> uh, the current we, we bought it at forty five cents. Uh, current price is thirty eight cents. I have the sell price around twenty nine cents. So I think oh, it's yeah, got I'm a little ways to go. Yeah, I think it does. We don't right. fudge it. It's still above. It's still above. So what do you think? Is it a rule one, don't lose money, or is it something else? Well, my understanding of the current uh, iteration of rule one is don't lose money if it's also close to its sell line, but if it's Mm -hmm. still above its sell line, it could still turn around. Yeah, if it's getting close to the sell line, I'd sell it, but it's still got a bit to go, hasn't it? Well, it does, yeah. 30%. Right, if it's yeah thirty eight cents and the sell price is twenty nine cents, so hold even though it's we're down fifteen sixteen percent. It's a good question, isn't it? I would hold. Yeah, you would hold. Let's see what happens in the next few days. Anyway, if it keeps dropping, then I'll probably sell it. But if it's not, let's right. um, let's hold. Okay. Yeah, interesting time in the market. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily like commenting on the market, but um, Wall Street went down 1.5% on Friday and we're down only 2% today. So what's the logic there? It's like, first of all, we're completely different markets and completely different companies, but we always like to follow the way that Wall Street goes. And the whole thing is, is predicated on the Fed Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell, talking about, Talking about starting to <laughs> taper, maybe their bond think bond. about <laughs> one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. So if, it's if I've learned anything from you over the last couple of years, Mister K, it's that markets are not logical. No, uh, they're not. It's emotional. People mm-hmm. do stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, our job is just to ignore it most of the time, and unless it's yeah. affecting one of our. Stocks and our sell lines, we just ignore it. Yeah, so and that's that's the case. We're going going through this again when the market turns down. We have to look at our portfolios and see how close we are to our sell lines and take any action. We're reacting to the market in this in this case rather than trying to predict it. Uh, yeah, and and so just on that, I mean, today there was a whole whole lot of companies on our on our list that. Uh, Went down below their sell lines. Harvey Norman, GMA, which is a mortgage uh, insurance company, uh, ANZ, uh, VUK, you spoke about, and the Reject Shop. So they've all, they're just the ones I looked at. I haven't been through the whole scorecard or dummy portfolio or whatever. I've just been mining my own stocks at the moment. So uh, I'm, I haven't sold those yet, but I will be selling them. And I, I guess if you put the stock journal out tonight, people can see that. So I'll probably do it tomorrow. I'm not sure what I'll be buying yet. but uh, <clears throat> and, the, and the problem when the market's like this, I can't really call out, like I'll check everything again tomorrow, but if the market suddenly rises overnight on Wall Street, then maybe some of those companies are back above their sell lines. So, and without doing it, I can't do a download today and say, well, I'm going to buy because that might change tomorrow as well. But I would expect that uh, I'll be buying something from along the lines of one of the other banks, Westpac or NAB. They're still both above their three-point sell lines, although they're getting pretty close. Uh, there's a company called West African Resources, which is big enough for me to buy. Uh, there's um, Ingham's Chicken, which is the one I probably will buy. 
because uh, of that turn up in the price of poultry we saw on Index Mundi. So we'll play the commodity cycle again with them. So yeah, so I'll be selling those stocks like ANZ, VUK and uh, TRS, the reject shop, and then buying something from probably from that list I just spoke about. It's a bit hard to, to tell in advance because I'll do a download in a day or so and just see what the next thing on the list is. But they'll they'll be moving around because the share the share prices are volatile at the moment. And nobody should take this as financial advice. You're not telling no. anyone what they should do. Absolutely not. All I'm doing is telling people for transparency reasons what I'm doing because I wouldn't want them to think that I was somehow trying to front run the market here, uh, which I'm not trying to do. In fact, it probably it'll probably cost me waiting for 24 hours while the while the stock journal goes out while I wait to sell. But anyway, who knows? You're a you're a nice man, costing you money to make sure you do the right thing by the listeners. <laughs> I um I did do a download today, so I sold VUK and CVW out of my own portfolio today. CVW was sort of touch and go, but I think it, it probably was uh, below its uh, sell line. Um, and I didn't really like its sentiment chart on uh, after a second look. But uh, I did do a download, and I wanted to just run some stocks past you that turned up in my top 20 for the first time. Uh, CLX. Uh, now, this has an mm. average daily trade of about Five thousand, I think. So uh, big enough for me to stick a grand in, but probably not big enough for you to look at. <laughs> but yeah, CLX, uh, I, that was when it last I had a look at the um, last scorecard that you did, and you had it down as negative sentiment. But it might have been a while since you last had a look at it. Well, I know I looked at it after we did the workshop on Thursday night and I did a download for that and CLX came back onto the the list following some analysis I did the day after that using that download. So it's it's definitely back on um, for sentiment. Uh, but, yeah, it's more, it's been on before too. It's CTI Logistics. It's been mm-hmm. on our um, QAV index before uh, mm-hmm. and then was taken off. I think it, I think it dropped. Quite a lot, it looks like, around uh, – get the chart up. Well, the middle of last year, I guess, the COVID cough, we probably took it out at that stage. But mm. it's coming back up now. I got a pretty good score on that. I got a 0.44 score on that. Um, and mm-hmm. it had some good manual data stuff too. It uh, Let me see here. CLX, uh, record low 6 PEs. Uh, and, yeah. That was about it, really. New, I gave it a new three-point upturn too. It was already going up, but it sort of spiked back up after its last results came out, so it got an extra tick for that. But uh, I like the look of that one. NGE Capital was another one that turned up in my top 20. You ever come across that? I've heard of it, and I'm just going to check it because I think it might be, um, is it an investment company, like a listed investment company? Uh, yes, you, a listed no, investment you, you, company. Yeah, so... I would have taken this one out of our QAV index just because it was a lick. Right. So it probably uh, – I have to do that second uh, check of everything that you talked about in the the Zoom yeah. call, the workshop that we did last week. Didn't yeah. get picked so up by unchecking the filter. Correct. So it'll be a diversified financial which lumps listed investment companies in with 
other operating companies like cash converters and right. Eclipse that, that do have businesses. But uh, this one, I think, is an investment company, so I, I wouldn't be um, uh, perfectly happy for you to invest in it. I'm not trying to stop you from investing in it, but I've taken a sort of overall rule to take all these investment companies out of our QAV index from them, you know, for the reasons we spoke about before, that operating cash flow may have a different meaning. I haven't gone into NG to see if it does, but often it does. It's reflective of funds coming in from customers uh, or from clients who are investing in the investment fund rather than uh, what we'd expect it to be for, like an operating business. And also, too, that, uh, I, I, yeah, it would be a pretty low probability that we would find an investment company getting the kind of returns that we get with QAV. So we're likely to be investing in a suboptimal um, company when we're doing this. Okay, Not always. Well, I mean, it could be. We've seen cases in the past where it's geared and it's there's currency and all those kinds of other things that can boost their return. So in the short term, all of these investment companies can outperform us, but in the long term, I don't think they will. Well, there's no shortage of things to put on my list, so I don't need to play with uh, things that are a little bit uh, dubious. Um SHJ, Shine Justice was another one that popped mm-hmm. up on my radar. Uh, litigation outfit. Yeah, Shine uh, You Lawyers. ever come across these guys before? Uh, luckily, no, because they generally uh, <laughs> generally, <laughs> generally putting together a class action to sue someone. So, yeah. Yes, I have I heard of a company that across them in that way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I have. Um, have I think they've been on the buy list before as well, or the sorry, the top scorers list as well before. Right, I gave them uh, a tick for um, recent three point upturn too. Have a look at their chart for me if you don't mind. Tell me if you would agree with that. SHJ uh, last period financial anal- uh, financials analyzed was December twenty twenty. It was already going up, but then it seemed to went down and then went back up afterwards, sort of in April. Is that uh, factor in as a new point up, new three point upturn or not? I don't think so. I think the upturn, uh, if I use the high point going back to September 2016, and then I'm, I think the next. Point on that trend will be that it's November 19 and draw a line through those. I'm getting a sentiment change in about October 2020, which is which is not a recent upturn. Okay, so you would take it back that far. All right, well, I will give it a no for the three-point upturn and see what that does to my score. Eh, not much. <laughs> I'll just have a look at what QAV score I gave it, if I can call it up. I've got 0.25 now. Okay, that sounds about right. Just let me have a look and see what I've got. 0.24 I've got for Shine. Right, close enough. Yep. What about what about VTG, Vita Group? Uh, make my uh, favourite breakfast cereal. <laughs> no, I've got Vita Group as being way down. Let me just have a look what I've got for them. Oh, okay. I've got I've got them scoring 0.24, but I've got a negative sentiment on them. Let me just call up the graph. Yeah, it's a funny graph. Like 
they've plummeted from a high back in 2016 of about five bucks. They're down to below a dollar, they're 95 cents. But, you know, I kind of decided it was uh, above the buy line and above the sell line too. How would you draw it? Yeah, it's pretty hard to tell. It's almost like a flat line, isn't it, really? Uh, I mean, in the last uh, year, it's been as high as $1.15 and as low as, go back to March 2020, it dropped down to $0.75. It's gone up and down between a fairly small band in that period of time. No, I think you're right. If I look at the sell line first, the low point is March 2020, and then the next point I would use would be April 2021. Yeah. So it's above above the line you would draw with those two points. Yeah. Although not really by much, but it is above. Yeah. Yeah. I'd and say it's uh, above. yeah, the the buy line, it, the high is going to be back way back in September two thousand and sixteen. Yeah. And there's going to be a whole series of buys and sells along that line, so it's probably going to be using one of the rider peaks like February twenty twenty. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and so you're talking about it being a buy around probably July 2020? Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, I'm happy to accept it. It just looks a bit flat to me, but that just could be the scaling because it was so expensive in the past. This was a company which made lots of money for me and then I lost lost on it towards the end when it collapsed. Right, they're uh, a mobile used- phone uh, reseller or something for Telstra, I think, right? Yeah, so that used to be their only business and they were – when they were running, I think, a large number of Telstra stores, they were doing really well. And then Telstra came out and renegotiated the deal because they didn't like the fact that they were doing so well, and that's when the share price collapsed. (laughs) And uh, they've been diversifying. (laughs) Telstra's the opposite of... uh, Who's the guy in Godfather Part 2 who always makes money for his partners? Uh... (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Uh, <laughs> Hyman Roth. Hyman yeah, right, Roth. Okay. He, yep. he, he's the only one still around because he always made money for his partners. Telstra's like, no, oh, you're making too much money. We don't like that. They're <laughs> <laughs> the anti-Hyman Roth. <laughs> who, was the other, who was the other mafia company in Godfather 1? The Tetsutsis? Not the Tetsutsis, the... Um, uh, Tatalia uh, Brothers. Tatal- oh, yeah, that's right. So they, they're the ones. They're Bruno like Tatalia. <laughs> no, you're making too much money. We're, we're, <laughs> um, we're moving in. Yeah. Yeah. What's this company say? VTG swims with the fishes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it took a trip to the uh, anyway. New Jersey's toll booth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they had, uh, so they're doing that. Then they have a skin health and wellness business and yeah. uh, another. So they've tried to diversify away from brand. Telstra so they don't get screwed by them again. Mm. Mm. So um, getting back to the flatliney looking thing there, like as if, if it's above the buy line and above the sell line, uh, do you look at that and go, I don't know, or do you look at that and go, yeah, maybe we're getting in on the ground floor? Yeah, no, I think I think it's a buy based on what you've said. I agree with your graph. But, yeah, look, it could go sideways for a long time too. Right. It's hard to tell from the from this graph because, like, uh, the the low point in the COVID cough was 74, 75 cents, say, 76 cents, and now it's at 95. So that's a, that's a 25% return in a year, so that's pretty good, um, or 30% return in a year, so that's pretty good. 
so yeah, even though the graph looks like it's flatlining, it's still up thirty percent in twelve months. So it's yeah, it's um it's a buy for sure. Yeah, right. Or okay, it has positive well, the sentiment. Ones... I don't want to recommend yeah. any companies to people. Not recommending anything, Tony. Everyone knows that. Uh, well, that were the things that jumped out at me when I did my and and you know this is the second time that I've done uh, a download in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was it was relatively quick. It was relatively easy, like particularly compared to the last time. I did want to ask you one thing though. So I when I was doing the manual data, I I deleted all of the sentiment that I did two weeks ago and I reviewed them all again because I thought, well, things could have changed in the last two weeks, particularly the market's Mm -hmm. been a little bit sort of flaky the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And I didn't trust that the the sentiment um, would be the same. But would you normally just uh, do the new ones and then stack rank by QAV score and go and check the sentiment uh, on any that were on the top of the list before you bought? Would that be a better way of doing it? Yeah, that's how I normally do it. So I, I do the download, you know, do the do all the sorting, um, get to my list and then go and look at each company individually before I buy it and check the sentiment out for it. And that, that may mean, sense. you know, going back in and, and changing the manually entered score, uh, manually, manually entered data for it. The other thing yeah. I do, Cam, which is um, – which is not a bad shorthand is because uh, the other the other issue is that some things may not be on the top scorers list because they haven't got sentiment checked against them. So like like VTG you just mentioned then. So from time to time, and there's really no, you know, there's no bad time to do this, I suppose, um, is just scroll down. If, if you're using my version of the spreadsheet, you'll see <clears throat> I leave all the, downloaded data in when I do a top scorers list. So, you know, you get your – the I, I shade those companies in red who score less than 0.10 so that you've got companies at 0.09, et cetera. But if you scroll down, you've also got companies who go back up to high scores like VTG was just then, um, but they've got a no in their sentiment column. And so I'll go and have a look at those and – what I'll do is a shorthand way of doing sentiment for those. There's a column in the spreadsheet which is called um, the calculated sentiment column. It's the one just to the left of the three-point trend line sentiment com- confirmation that we put a yes or no in for. And this is in the either the download data or top scorers list. But if you recall, that column is the one that's using the formula that I think Steve Mab talk to us about, which was using SD Max, which is the Stock Doctor two-year moving average um, buy and sell lines, um, and also uh, one of either a six-month price increase or a five-year price increase. And so we're getting an uptrend or a downtrend signal in that column. So what I what I do is just quickly scan down through those, and I can see that if, if I I'll just go through. If I have a look at my own spreadsheet after my own last download, if I and if I scroll down through the bottom of the the top scorers list, so ones who have a QAV score of less than 0.1, I keep on scrolling. The QAV score will suddenly go up again, so it restarts at 0.57 for Gascoigne Resources. However, we've given it a negative sentiment, so it's a no in the three-point trendline sentiment confirmed. In this case, that's also a no in the downtrend, the downtrend column. 
which is that SD Max plus five-year price increase or six-month price increase. But if I go down a couple of rows, I've got Clearview Wealth, uh, which is one you spoke about. It has a QAV score of 0.27. It has an uptrend in that calculation and a sentiment of no. So that would be when I go and recheck because, because the calculated sentiment is telling me it could be an uptrend, but I'm saying it's not, I would go and recheck that one. And then yeah, if right. I scroll down a bit bit further, I've got uh, Bendigo Bank, and that's got a QAV score of 0.15, an uptrend in the sentiment calculation, um, but a downtrend in the three-point trend line. So I go and check that. So that's kind of a shortcut way of just quickly seeing if sentiment's changed on any of those high-scoring stocks. Yeah. Oh, that's a good uh, idea. Because if the if the calculation if the if the sentiment that's calculated says uptrend, it might be worth going back and rechecking. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. That's 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 typically what I do. Is as you said, find a stock I might be interested in buying next. Have a look at its sentiment. Go back and rescore it if I need to. But also, after I've done the download, go down the list to those which score highly but have negative sentiment, and just relook at those which have an uptrend against their name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Hey, the stock I was going to the stock I was going to mention as stock of the week was KSC, which is KNS Transport, and a bit like you, so, it was it was one that came back K- on to that was KFC, like Kentucky Fried Chicken, or KS. KS S for Sierra. Oh right, sorry. Yeah. So it's Go it's on. yeah. So I when I was reviewing its uptrend, sorry, its trend line, it had it had an uptrend. I'd marked it down as a no in the past and re reviewed it, we had a look at it, and it's got a QAV score of 0.36, and I'm deciding it is back in an uptrend now. So KSC, it's a transport company, Adelaide-based, and I'll just call the chart up. I'm looking at it now. So I can see it would have been in an uptrend, a positive sentiment a month ago, but uh, 31st of May, it was $1.85. It's now $1.67. Wouldn't this uh, be one of these ones where we say, yeah, but no? Correct. So this is the one. This is one I'd wait on. So it's right. it has been above its buy line. It's it's now trending down again, but it's above its sell line. So uh, it, it it would be one you'd wait on. But yeah, it's come back onto the the sentiment list. Uh, had a big well, that, upturn in the last couple of months. Yeah, and that leads me to if you if. Well, you probably don't have it in your chart, but somebody, I think it was Glenn on Facebook, brought to my attention something called the MACD line. Apparently, it's got nothing to do with Big Macs. Um, <laughs> there's uh, in a Stock Doctor's Advanced Charting, there's a thing called MACD, M A C D. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did look it up. I can't remember what it's all about now. Uh, something about charting things. Moving average you know, convergence and divergence. That's it. I'm just going to call it McDonald's, the McDonald's line. But so uh, I've, yeah, I've got that uh, added to my stock doctor thing that appears underneath the main graph. And there's, and I watched a couple of YouTubes on it. And so the way there's, there's a red line, and I think it's supposed to be a blue line. It looks like a black line to me, but. Uh, that sort of uh, crosses over from time to time. If the blue slash black line is on top, uh, 
it's a buy. If the red line is on top, it's a sell. And Glenn pointed out that there's probably a lot of crossover between, or coincidence, as he said it, between our buy signals using three-point trend lines and the McDonald's line. <laughs> I noticed that with uh, KSC, the the blue line uh, crossed over and, and is uh, on top of the red line uh, at the end, as of like the just sort of I don't know the end of March, something like that. And it's currently in a positive McDonald's uh, situation. <laughs> What, have you looked at right. the McDonald's lining lines before? You got any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I looked at all these things in the past, and certainly listeners have been telling us about them uh, since we've been doing the podcast. But probably about like when I, when about twelve years ago or so, after the GFC, when I was looking for ways to stop myself from losing money if there was a big market downturn like that again, um, I looked at all these things, all the technical analysis. Um, there were there's Dow theory, there's oscillating waves. There, there's probably fifty different ways. There's, there's all of these short term versus long term. Don't, don't hit me with the negative that, waves. Yeah, <laughs> line. <laughs> and 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 just like the three point trend line, there you know they work a lot of the time, but not all the time. Yeah. Um, but they're good indicators. And so yeah, I mean if if um, people want to use them, they, they work. There's there's drawbacks with all of them, though. So, for example, what I found with the moving averages, and MACD's one of those is, you can see just looking at the K, K and S chart, the, the way you read the MACD line there is it's it's a green stack chart, and it's above the it's above the um, x axis. So, like the way that they the way that they draw these charts is they use they have the two wavy lines which cross over, but they also have stacked charts and and mm. they're either red or green depending on whether the share price is going up or down. And if they're above the line, it's a buy, and if they're below the line, it's a sell. So, KSC is also being told to be a buy in this case. Um, but one of the issues with these is because it's a it's a moving average monthly cumulative sort of graph that they're using it can it can trail uh, what we would take as a sell um, by a number of months so they first of all if if it becomes a sell during the middle of the month the the MACD won't pick that up it'll wait for the end of the month and secondly because it's a trend line if the trend was quite high before the downturn happened and the, and the downturn was abrupt uh, it, it might take a few months before it becomes a sell because it's looking for a um, a trend based on historical data. So all of these kinds of things have drawbacks. So I, I, and that's one of the reasons why I use the simplest one I can find, which is a three-point trend line. It's like find two points, draw a line. Uh, just just simply because, um, A, you can do it, even though we use a monthly graph, you can do it in between month ends, and B, because it's uh, it's the simplest way of doing it. It's not going to be perfect. None of these are perfect. And, and you know, just talking back to what I said before about using the um, the the uptrend downtrend column in our spreadsheet as a as another guide to whether it, the share prices the share price graph is worth looking at. Uh, you know, people might want to use two or three the three point trend line and a MACD, and just you know use one or the other to confirm what they think is the mm. is going on you know so 
Um, I'm not. I'm not trying to discredit this. The other. The other thing I'd say about all these, they're called technical analysis and technical ways of um, looking at share price graphs. Is they are just share uh, just points on the graph. So it's not going to really tell us which way the company's going. It is telling us about sentiment, mm. about what the mm. market's thinking. But mm. you know, the transport company couldn't care less whether its share price is up or down. It's still going to, you know, dispatch trucks out tomorrow. So there's that. And the last point I want to make is I, I can point I can't point to a single billionaire who's used technical analysis to make their money, um, but I can point to Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, the the guys from BlackRock, uh, Tem- Templeston, all these. There's a long history of people using fundamental analysis to make money, and and that's why you know I do what I do. And sure, I use the sentiment. I use the three point trend line as a guide to sentiment. As a as a way of trying to stop me from buying into value traps and to get out when the market turns down, um, as but they're very simple guides. You can really go down the rabbit hole with technical analysis and spend your whole day plotting and graphing and looking at um, moving averages that cross each other and all that. And yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure it makes you a better investor necessarily. I think Glenn was just suggesting that it might be a. Uh, uh well, you know, a, a one step towards automating the three-point trend yeah. line as one no, indicator. No, Yeah, not suggesting that we throw everything else out and just look at the McDonald's line. No, look, they might be, but like I said, there are drawbacks. Like we we don't get a we don't get a mid a midpoint. Uh, sorry, a mid-month read or a line, uh, and sometimes it takes two or three months. Like if I could look at this KNS graph, uh, we would have. We would have sold out, if I'm going back historically, if I look at the sort of um, first low point on the graph, which is August 2016, mm-hmm. and then going up maybe with a point at February 2018, we would have had a, a sell signal to get out of this company in June 2018, but the MACD signal wouldn't have come until a month later at the earliest. So it because it's relying on a trend, it needs a couple – it leads – at least one month and probably two or three months before it can, it, the, the data in the trend can can plot a turn. So, yeah, I, I think it's less it puts less less of a fine point on the movements in the market. Directionally, it's right, um, but yeah, it's not as nimble as doing the arrow and lines on the graph. Mm. But yeah, look, I'm look, I'm I'm sure if someone wanted to use MACD, just like Stock Doctor do with SD Max, I think SD Max is a form of MACD um, on their front page. I mean, if people might want to have a look at that as well, which is just simply uh, a two-year weekly graph of all these moving averages, um, and and that gives people a, a a chance to to buy or sell based on the SD Max movements, and they they color code their graphs to be red or green if you select the right. Indicated from the drop-down box. Again, my experience is that's a much more volatile way to do it because you're using a two-year graph and you're using weekly information, whereas a five-year monthly, I think, is um is less volatile. But that's a form of MACD. So yeah, they're all they're all valid. It's just you got to find one that you're comfortable with. Yeah, right. Okay, moving right along. Well, that's the end of the free episode for this week. For the brand new folks, I want you to know that each week we have a free episode and a premium episode. Free episode runs about half an hour. Premium episode usually runs for an extra half hour to an hour, depending on 
how many questions we have from our audience that week because we spent a lot of that time answering questions. Uh, if you want to check out the premium episodes, you can go up to our website, qavpodcast.com.au and sign up for the two-week free trial. You get to have a look at the premium episodes. You get to have a look at the checklist, the getting started guide, all of the video content that we have. Uh, you get invited to our VIP dinners and our VIP Zoom calls for club members. You get to ask Tony questions that we can answer. You get to get invited to our uh, Facebook group, our private Facebook group, etc., etc. So, And also we get a, a private uh, club member newsletter each week we send out as well with some stuff in it. So check that out, qavpodcast.com.au. But as I said, if you're brand new and you want to, you're trying to figure out what's going on, Go back and listen to Season 3, Episodes 1, 3, and 5, 301, 303, and 305. And then you might also want to go back and listen to Season 1 as well, all of the free episodes in Season 1, where we go into a lot of detail about Tony's system and methodology and figure out if this is right for you, if it's something that you want to go further with, if you want to learn how to invest like Tony does, then you can check out the uh, QAV Club. Uh, The other thing I always have to say is we're not financial advisors, so don't take anything you hear on this as financial advice. This is just here to teach how one guy invests and thinks about investing. If you need financial advice or tax advice, please go see a financial advisor or tax advisor. Uh, With that, stay safe. Good luck with your investing, and we'll be back next week.